Welcome to the Embracing Race podcast. All episodes were recorded in advance, so don't be alarmed if the timeline seems a little bit cattywampus. Welcome to Embracing Race Conversations with Truth and Intention. I am your host, Shawnee. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Jesse, and my pronouns are they, them. And we're back for another Jesse, where you get that? Where you get your microphone? I like my mic. I originally bought this for National Capital, and then I bought them their own. And that was like a year ago. And I liked that the one they got for them so much for presbytery meetings. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna buy my own. So, and it was like cheap. It was like, I'll send you the link for it. Is it a USB? Yeah, you just plug it into your computer. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same one that we use at the press chair meetings. So yeah. And it's good sound. Very good audio. Yeah. So and it's like less than 30 bucks. Wow. So it's not like one of the super fancy mics, but I'm on a budget. So (laughs) I mean, it sounds amazing. So but we do have a wish list. So if you want to support the Embracing Race podcast, you can go on our Amazon wish list and help us get better tech. Or you can now be a subscriber to the Embracing Race podcast and donate I any amount of that. money that you would like. You can visit our Facebook page to find that link. Or you could or just go in and be a sponsor. You could be a sponsor. Shout out. A shout out every day, every episode. Every episode. I was... I So... I, I always, I go back. Well, I don't always. I just started this season. I, I, um, why am I having a brain fart with the word? What word? Binge listen. I binge, binge our, listen. our podcast? Mm-hmm. I binge listen season one. And I have been listening to see, to this season as it drops, like in real time mm-hmm. with the rest of the world. Yeah. And I just want to first low key say that we are pretty awesome. And, and also I mess up sentences (laughs) (laughs) all the time. Like every episode, it's a sentence that I'm like, that's not what I meant. (laughs) But it, it all makes sense. Everybody seems to understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I can't even remember what it was. I'm going to go back and listen to it. But I like last week's episode, I was like when we were together uh-huh. and I said something and I'm like, no, that's not the word, Shawnee. <laughs> and then, but you knew exactly what, I, knew what I, you said. Yeah. I always know what you mean. Yeah. At least though. One thing I appreciate about you is that you always finish your sentences. And so I remember my senior, right before my senior year of college, um, I did like part-time transcribe. I had a par- couple part-time jobs the summer before my senior year of college. And I did some part-time like transcribing for um, the woman named uh, Stephanie Kamenier. She's like my mom. Uh, and uh, she works for the University of Pittsburgh. She's a adjunct professor there. And she's like, hey, I need you to uh, transcribe these videos that I'm doing with my uh, students. And she like was interviewing them about whatever their topics of papers were or whatever. And 
the woman, <laughs> I love her dearly, Steph, if you listen to this, you know I love you, and you know that this is a problem. She would start a sentence, get three words into it, start a new sentence, get three words into it, start a new sentence, never finished a fucking thought. It took like an hour to get through like five sentences. And I'm like, I cannot transcribe you anymore because you never finished your fucking thought. And yeah, but so at least you, I I understand your thoughts. I know where you're going with your thoughts. (laughs) But every episode, every episode, there's like at least one sentence where I fuck up the word, <laughs> I say the wrong word. It's all good. Like I sound really, like really well read and smart and intelligent. And then I go back and listen to myself, <laughs> and I'm like, Shawnee, slow down. I can hear my mother saying, "Slow down." Yeah, I get slow that. down. She used to always think that like you made mistakes because you rushed. Slow mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Gather your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I tell that to I tell that to Sarah all the time. Like Sarah gets nervous and then just talks really fast. And I'm like, babe, you just need to breathe and slow down. Everything will be fine. Don't try to rush through anything. You got this. Yes. But, but yeah, um, I think we're doing a great job. And people are listening. Think- I, I um, if I do say so myself, I think our second season is already. Thank you, everybody. Our second season downloaders are already up from last season. Like we're already tracking ahead of where we were last season. So thank you to everybody who's listening. We yeah. do this for us and for you. Absolutely. We really enjoy doing this. We do. I mean, I have fun doing it. I do. This. And I learned I and what I like about it is that I learn um I learn something new about you every time we talk. Yeah. Although yesterday Sarah was she's like, I just listened to the third episode and I would like to know how close you were to Shadi to know that you, she has a tattoo on her boob. <laughs> she's like, How exactly do you know that, Jesse? <laughs> I'm like, she was wearing a very low cut top, I promise. <laughs> that was funny, though. I was like, like, bringing back old bad decisions. <laughs> but today, today, what do we want to talk it's about? It's a today? new day. What are we talking about today? Well, not a lot. Well, I mean, a lot could be happening, but nothing that really caught my eye in yeah news but um um so our new segment i can get with this we failed to mention when we started last week taylor and travis and i can get with that i can get with it i just i just want her to be happy (laughs) yes and apparently he went and to a show in mexico Mm mm-hmm so were yeah. they on a buy? Was Kansas City on a buy? I don't. I don't really. I don't know, but I know that I, she and she changed one of the lyrics to her song to incorporate yes. him into it. I I, I heard that's pretty pretty badass. Although yeah. I read an I read an article the other day, or like saw an article that's like this is not the first time that Taylor's been public about her relationships. I'm like, no shit, her entire career has been based on songs that she's written about her exes. So yes, yes obviously, it's not new. 
But yeah, I can I can totally get with this. And I just I just like him. And I I caught a a smidget of his podcast with his brother, and they mm-hmm. have good chemistry too. They do. I mean, which they should. They are brothers, but they're really they're yeah. really fun. They're really fun. Yeah. yeah. I just appreciated last year at the Super Bowl, like they they did a good job of supporting each other, even though they were playing against each other. And I remember the clip of one of, I think their mom going to see the brother that was on the Phillies, gave him a big hug and was just like, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Go celebrate with Travis. Like he needs you. And I just, I just, that older brother mentality of like, yes. I'm good. go, 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 go be with him. It's okay. Um, yeah. Cool. That was, so. yeah. I hope that they are as cool in real life as they seem. I think they are. um, So, okay. So y'all know I'm obsessed with the Today Show, right? And so uh, Chanel Jones, one of the co-anchors of the nine o'clock hour, has this segment through through mom's eyes. And she she interviews like the mothers of the famous people that we admire. Mm Mm-hmm. And gets tips on, you know, how they were raised or what have you. And so she she did one with Mama Kelsey. Mm. The fact that I'm calling her Mama Kelsey. <laughs> you intimate. You're intimate with her. <laughs> I'm already I'm all in. Like she's like everybody's mama. Like, <laughs> like and so I just feel, yeah. So I think that I think what we what we see is the real thing. Good. Like I hope it is. Yeah, but we can get with it and we wish okay. the best. Okay, so this comes into my mind and I don't even know why it just popped into my mind because it happened, maybe because it happened to me on Sunday. And I and I and now that I made a I I noticed it. Um I want to talk about it. Okay. Um so I had to preach on Sunday. Okay. And I preached on the Philippians four, one through eight passage, focusing mm-hmm. on the whole part of whatever, right? right? So two points that I want to make, and I'm sorry I didn't give you a heads up. You're fine. <laughs> okay. So I'm preaching. And so I in and so at one point in the sermon, and feel free to go back and watch watch it or whatever if you want to, but I mentioned that um, you know, I don't have I don't have, I I made it personal. I said, I don't have everything I need, but I still choose joy, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to get a sidebar before I tell you what happened to me. I am always preaching from, uh, well, I don't want to say always, but in the back of my mind, I, I always have this intentionality that I need to be preaching to, I don't want to use the word marginalized, but I don't have another word for it, but for the for the least of them in the room, whatever that means. Those who've been told they're the least of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um got finished. There's two ser- two services, got finished with that, um, had about 40 minutes, maybe less than 40 minutes for the second service. And this woman came up to me. I, I, <laughs> so for those that are listening, cause we're on video and video only drops, the video drops later in the week. So she's pointing and wagging her finger at me. 
I need to challenge you. And I said, okay, against my better judgment, right? Because everybody I talk to, when I whenever I'm approached like this, people all, especially white people, always ask me, why did you entertain this? Because mm-hmm. I have not reached a level where I feel like I can walk away. I don't feel okay. like I'm, I don't feel like I'm there. Like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's going to take, but I'm still at the, I'm, cause I don't want to be a diva. I know it has nothing to do with being a diva, but that's just in my, in my mind. And if you know who I've worked for, then you would be like, okay, I get it. Yes. <laughs> Humility. Was it a white person that approached you? Was it a white yes. person? Okay. Yes. Right. And so she's like, um, I was just taken aback that you would say you don't have all that you need. I I just didn't, I didn't expect that from you because, because we, because the Bible says, and look, I always use that phrase, but Mm -hmm. I use that phrase in a totally different way. Like I'll use the phrase, like, especially when I'm talking to my kids, I'm like, well, the Bible, like I use it in a much more, (laughs) like to me, in an invitation, like welcoming all people, right? right? Yeah. And I just felt really like I didn't feel the same love, right? Because mm-hmm. number one, I got this finger in front of me that I mm-hmm. was really, because I didn't, okay, y'all, I'm from, I'm, I'm from Southeast DC. <laughs> and the finger is pointed in your face like that. It's almost like you're supposed to just slap it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just supposed to move it, move it away. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So, but I don't keep on violence, so I didn't go there. But I was thinking it. And so, and then I was thinking it and I had to go preach again. And that was blowing me too, that I was having this thought, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, so, but something, it was the Holy Spirit. It was not something. The Holy Spirit did this beautiful and divine thing gave me language that made me sound really number one pastoral and number two I was like where did this come from you remember how I always be like I had this moment like drop dead diva yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like, like when Jane is like where did that come from yeah <laughs> when she gets really when she has like a really like intelligent moment yeah I go back and watch drop head jump Dead Diva, Jesse will tell you about it after I finish my story. But anyway, I had that <laughs> moment. And, and I said, well, you know, I I I have to beg to differ with you mm-hmm. because you're coming from this, from a place of privilege. Um, in the sense that, you know, it's easy to talk about what the Bible says we should do, mm-hmm. but there are people that don't have their basic needs met. Yep. Right. They don't have their needs met there. I said, what about the person? I said, before I went into my whole example, I said, I don't know who's going to hear this message. And I'm talking to perhaps the person that slept under the Sousa bridge last night Mm -hmm. and needs a home. They need shelter. They don't yeah. need a Bible story. They don't need to be told what the Bible says. What they need is a place to live. 
And if we get too caught up in me saying, I don't have every, I don't have everything I need. I, and that, that doesn't make me less faithful. That doesn't make me less, uh, less spiritual, less uh, trusting of God to say, I don't have everything I need, but I still have joy. I, I, I don't know. I just was really taken aback by her criticism or she said challenge. It was a challenge for me, but I would have never had probably brought this up if she didn't have her finger in my face. And ever since that incident, I keep seeing a lot of white people do that to other white people. And, and is that a thing, Jesse? The finger <laughs> wagging? Uh, finger yeah. wagging? I don't know if it's a thing. People don't wag their fingers in my face. That's for sure. So, okay. After this happened to me, right? I go get coffee. I use the bathroom. I come back and it's like maybe eight minutes for the second service to start. And this gentleman came up to the associate pastor that was there and wagged his finger in her face. And I'm like, is this common? (laughs) I was just, (laughs) I was just like, wow, this is just Maybe I'm take. maybe I am, I was like, maybe I'm reading too much on this, but I just don't like it. It's so, I don't like, it's so demeaning and it's so parenty. Like you remember when that, when that Senator wagged her finger in, in president Obama's face. Yeah. Tarmac. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, that's what we doing. I don't know. It just seemed weird. No, I don't know. That just. That's so like dominating and yeah. it's simple, but like, yeah, right. you can't see us on, but <laughs> you know what we're doing. <laughs> right. I don't know. It just, it, it was weird to me. Oh my gosh. You okay? No, because I'm trying to figure out how I got toothpaste all the way up here. <laughs> I got three. I didn't notice it until you just pointed it out. Well, at first I thought it was the little tag thing that you, that I guess you're supposed to hang your shirts on, yeah. but I yeah. ripped those out. So I was trying to figure out why I was still hang. man. Now I didn't I'm- even notice it. I didn't even notice it. You're good. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Okay. So okay. you want to give them a 30 second about Drop Dead Diva? Yeah. So- context. Yeah. Drop Dead Diva was a show, I believe it was on Lifetime for a while. Um, that this two people died, this woman named Jane and this woman named Deb. And Deb is the super cool, like high powered model who dies and she gets her soul gets placed in the body of Jane, who is a plus size kind of in her own right, like blah lawyer. And so at first she's like, ah, I can't believe that I'm in this body of this overweight middle-aged woman and then she goes about transforming jane not necessarily in her size but in her entire demeanor and confidence and then like herself becomes transformed and and what shawnee was talking about in that she like would say all these things so when deb's soul goes into jane's body she retains all of jane's knowledge um and like memories for the most part and so there'll be moments where she's in court and she'll just like 
blurt out this super intelligent lawyer-esque speak and then she'll just literally like pause and be like oh shit I didn't know where that came from and then keep going and so it's funny it's witty it sounds silly but it's silly in such a good way and if you watch Sweet Magnolia on um Netflix Brooke Elliott who's on that show is plays Jane on this show yes I love her yeah she's absolutely love her um so yeah so that's which then I had another moment. I had another kind of Jane Jane moment when I was preaching the second service. I left my notes and I was just preaching, right? And for like 10 seconds, I'm like, I'm a professional, right? Now, I know that I, I am a professional, but I didn't realize how professional I was, right? Like, because I went right back into the, like, I I was so, I felt so confident in my skin. So after coffee hour of the second service, um, one of the, um, a member of the bell choir came up to me and she's like, thank you so much for your sermon. She's like, I noticed you switched it up a bit for the 11 (laughs) o'clock. And I was like, yeah, the Holy Spirit did that. And she says, well, it's, you know, you, that's how you can really tell someone reading from the paper versus a professional public speaker. And I was, that was like the confirmation. Like I had, I just, I'm like, thank you so much. I got so excited. I didn't even know this woman. Like I wanted to hug her and be like, I know I just got this, but she didn't know me. So she wouldn't, I contained my energy, but I was so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm I need to like start memorizing my sermons now then. <laughs> I didn't say I memorized it. I did not say that. You just said I, you didn't have your notes, so you but did. I, but I I don't know what I I also don't know what I said, which may had I had to go back and watch my so I usually don't watch me myself preach. Yeah. I don't do the go, but I had to go back and watch it cuz I'm like okay, that's the part where I left my notes. Gotcha. Like I could tell I just wanted to know where I'm like, wow, Shawnee, that was pretty good. (laughs) I don't know if you know it, but Leanne Hodges only preaches from like this very slim outline. People ask her all the time. Can you give me a copy of your sermon? She's like, no. And she'll like flip over paper. It's five sentences. And she just like off the top of her head. And the same thing has happened to her at Gaithersburg that people like you switched it up from the second to the first to the second service. She's like, yes, I did. (laughs) So I mean, you are you are among the gifts. Hashtag, hashtag blame it on Jesus. <laughs> That's our episode title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Louisiana governor elect withholding funds to New Orleans. So y'all got to know why he's withholding funds. This man is withholding funds to the decaying water infrastructure bill. Like everything is going to shit and he's holding it. Why, Shawnee? Why is he holding back funds? Because he wants to prosecute women who have abortions after the, I guess, 15 weeks in, Mm -hmm. in Louisiana. What sense, what, please, 
Last week's episode was Make It Make Sense. This is like what the actual. Yeah. I don't even understand. This is why I'm telling y'all, and we're going to be saying this for the next year until the general election president. Elections have consequences. We people need to do a better job at vetting and researching the people that are on the ballot. Yeah. Period. Period. Do not get your source of information from one place. Yeah. Do not. Look for independent uh, news outlets. Mm-hmm. I can't say that embracing race is independent. I can't no. really tell you. We are not. We are not. <laughs> we are not independent. We have a viewpoint and we have, we are very much in favor of our view. Mm-hmm. Uh, we welcome and we welcome people to the table to have a conversation. But um don't I, I don't even want you to just take it from us. Mm-hmm. You do your due diligence because mm-hmm. elections have consequences and you get people in power that make no sense that are you that are basically going by their own personal, like their own personal, which I had to wrestle with this for a moment because, you know, as a public servant, you are elected for the people, right? Mm-hmm. And you are supposed to represent the people that 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 you're actually supposed to uh, represent all the people, even those that did not vote for you when you when you take office, and all the people's lives. Mm-hmm. Matter. I know it's hard that that would be hard to juggle, but I think there's gotta be this, this moral compass that you, that you look at and say, I am a represent a representative of all the people, but these people are dying. Yeah. I got to focus on this group. And then I got to focus on this group. Like I, This is why I probably will never, ever be a politician because it is difficult. I get Mm -hmm. it. But you can't just be an asshole. Like there's too many assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can and you just put yourself in the right place to be an asshole because nobody's going to challenge you on it. Yeah, I I, I think what what's disappointing, too, and I know it's complicated, is that only I think it was 36. I looked it up. Thirty six percent of registered voters showed up to to this to vote for this person. Like, so, yeah, he went through in a landslide. And I know it's complicated because there is significant voter suppression and voter rights suppression and a lot of disenfranchisement going on, especially in the South. But if you don't, we know it's complicated. And if you don't like the results of an election, then you need to show up and vote. And if your rights are being suppressed to get to the polls, then join the demonstrations, do the research about how to overcome voter suppression. And if you know that people's rights are being suppressed and they're not, that's not you, then you also need to show up and make sure that those people can vote because Again, like we talked about last week, even if you're not personally affected by something, you need to vote on behalf of those that you know are affected by it. So Absolutely. show up at these elect like show, 
you're right. Elections have consequences. And if you don't vote, they also have consequences. So I also just realized when I was totally agreeing with you, I say absolutely every single episode, at least <laughs> times. Absolutely. Like, I feel affirmed. I feel affirmed. I, I like, I don't, I mean, I don't have another thought. I think you, like you, you mic drop so many times and I'll be like, <laughs> I mean, I, there's nothing else for me to say, but yes, or no. absolutely. Or you're so right. I right. said that like 40 times. But, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I think what I keep thinking about this election going in is that I know black women are tired. I know that they are tired. Like you are literally carrying the weight of this country on your shoulders. And I can't help but feel that they are going to be yet again, the only saving grace that we have going into the 2024 election. I mean, Okay. Like that's literally, I wear this shirt as often as I can because I believe it. My shirt says, thank you, black women. Um, yeah. Because I, and I, get, I get questions about it and I'll say outright, like our country is the, the only reason we are surviving is because of black women. Well, I like, appreciate that. Jeff. But yeah, I just, I know you're, I know you're going to be the saving grace of this election. If it comes out in a way that is favorable towards human rights, it'll be because of black women. And we got uh, work to do. And if and if it if it doesn't go in the way of human rights, it'll be because straight up of white people, probably white women. Well, right. I had to I couldn't look at that that white spot on my shirt anymore. <laughs> Wardrobe change. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I just couldn't do it. What did it you put on? Like a shawl or something? Yeah, that was the closest thing I without getting up. <laughs> Uh, and everything that you said, yes, yes, everything you said, and yeah, what I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I'm over it, but there's still a lot of there's still a lot of progressive white women that are so upset about white women from 2016, <laughs> like 2016. Like I'm like, but I already knew that was gonna happen. I actually was not. I did not cry on election night 2016 it was a lot of people that were in tears yeah i didn't cry i i not that i was that stoic but i'm like what y'all thought was gonna happen Mm -hmm. i just knew that that america even though we call america a she america Mm -hmm. is not ready for to be led by a she yeah that's just the bottom line yeah Although I I will say I did cry when Biden and uh, Kamala Harris got elected. And, I did too. And like I think it was it was after they had officially called it and they did their they like had their um it was the beginning of November or it was it was a couple of weeks it was a couple of days after the election yeah. and they were like on stage and they were it was just really beautiful and they both came on and it was that moment of like yeah like holy shit they did they did it and like there is the first female vice president that moment got me for sure and i actually and i'm not gonna lie but when georgia turned blue i cried for that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) because i did not think that's what helped him win right yeah yeah 
Yeah. I didn't think I, I, I was so nervous about Georgia because Georgia is so fickle. The way they do my girl Stacy down there, I just don't even know. I don't understand because she's just so brilliant. And I just they cannot I, handle I, her. They cannot handle her brilliance. They, just the whole like the first election. Like I had to school a friend of mine like some years back when I was like, this dude is essentially the state, the secretary of state, the secretary of state of Georgia, the secretary of state, for those who do, might not know the way ethics and politics work, is in charge of state elections. Mm-hmm. He does not recuse himself and runs for governor of the very race that his department has to certify. If you don't tell me that that's not a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It worked. Let's that let's also remind ourselves that he worked a year and a half prior to that to redistrict the voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To make it favorable for himself. Yeah. What is it? Alabama and Georgia are like the two states where voting restrictions for black people are like at their highest right now yes yeah it's just ridiculous and then i and then i apparently like i guess um georgia also has a problem with like all of these house hospitals are closing because they won't accept medicaid Mm -hmm. um their school systems are at an all-time low because they don't pay their teachers. Mm-hmm. Yet, 72% of teachers voted for him. Yeah. Again, you vote against your own self-interest. Make it make sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make sense. No, and I think why would I vote for somebody that's going to affect that that is negatively impacting my livelihood? Mm -hmm. Why would I do that? Right, just because he's white. Yep, racism runs deep, bro. Oh my gosh, this is just ridiculous. And again, I think people see Georgia and they think Atlanta. That's what like Georgia is not Atlanta. That's what my girl. That's what my girl Lene Vene says. After every Georgia election, y'all keep thinking y'all keep thinking Georgia is Atlanta, and see your feelings go get hurt every single time. Mm-hmm. And people think the same thing about like Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania. They think Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania is Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. No. And I'm like, no, it's, it's Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and everything in between is all yep. red. It's Scranton and all where Here I used to. On the map. Oh, thank you, Surrey. <laughs> Pulled up a map of Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't looking for it. Um, But yeah. All right. Okay. Enough about politics. Let's go back to pop culture because I think this is a beautiful, beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, you know, we all know that um, when it comes to the intersectionality of being black and queer, Mm -hmm. it is so different than other spaces right yeah especially in church right mm-hmm. we're not gonna talk about I, I mean but i i think they're 
I think the Wayans are Jehovah Witness, but that's neither here nor there either. But so uh, Marlon Wayans' mm-hmm. son is trans. Yes. And came out and was like, you know, it was a process. But I just love when parents are don't know what to do with this information, but they're willing to love their children through the unknowing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of the story. Yeah. Right. I don't get it. I like, right. I like wh- what, did, what does this mean? But to have a parent that is not just going to reject. Yeah. Their child. I think that's just an incredible testimony. Yeah. And he did the work. Marlon did the work of, of recognizing what his own feelings were. He said he felt a sense of betrayal. He said he felt like, rejected in a way and so he did what i appreciate about him is he he did not make his journey about his child like his child was not responsible for for fixing that relationship marlon recognized within himself no i'm the one who needs to to do the work i'm the parent in this situation and i'm gonna figure out what's going on in here so that i can be fully present for my child. And I think, what did he say? He's, he, one, he's doing a whole special about his transition as a parent of going from being ignorant and uneducated to fully embracing, still learning, but fully embracing who his child is. But also he's like, ultimately he said, I just want my child to be free and happy. Mm. And like, that language to me of of recognizing going back to what we say all the time like nobody is free until everybody is free like yeah. recognizing within himself like this isn't about me this is about my child and my child's happiness and just yeah. like especially now in the model that we have seen you know from other celebrities whose children have come out or who've expressed their views about kids being transgender you know i'm glad to see that that he has come out and i i almost like okay it'll take some heat off of the uh uh duane wayne and gabrielle union like they don't have to be the spokespeople for trans children anymore (laughs) right right and i um but i also think it it might be just a little bit different with mar in marlin's case because his his son is a adult. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think, I think people have not been able to embrace the ways because Zaya was so young. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think age and autonomy, <laughs> I don't think you have, I mean, I mean, even my girls go to their uh, yearly physical on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was scheduling the appointment, um, the appoint the the scheduler reminded me that uh, by DC law, Michaela go, um, can request to go in to see the doctor um, by herself. Right. Am I okay with that? I'm absolutely okay with that. I, I have been wanting to leave the room. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just not that parent that I don't like that is your 
that's you, that's your body. Yeah. Right. Like that, it doesn't, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't even know how to say it without making it like, I just, I've never been like, my mother wasn't that, my mother wasn't that type of parent. So I don't even know what that even looks like. I don't even know how to be that type of parent where I gotta know. Like, I would hope, I mean, my kids are so young, so obviously like we're going to be going into doctor's appointments for a long time now, but like I, Sarah and I talk about all the time, like we hope that we're the kind of parents that have a relationship with our kids, that they feel comfortable talking to us about anything, including the hard stuff and especially the hard stuff. So that in situations like these of, do you want your parents to come into the doctor's office with you? And if they say no, like we're I'm not, not going to sit there. Yeah. We're not going to sit there in the waiting room. Like, Oh shit. Is something going on that we don't know about because we'll feel right. comfortable enough to know if there's something going on, they're going to tell us anyway. Maybe it's and just I- he, my son's a boy and he doesn't want to undress and like expose himself in front of his, his mom's like, okay, I don't give a shit. Like right. go do your thing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, you know, I, I, this is what I've, was I was raised like this and this is how I've raised my kids. I want you to be able to tell me everything. If you don't feel comfortable telling me everything, tell your doctor everything. Yes. Because your the doctor is there to not judge you, but make yes. sure that you're safe. Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell the doctor everything. My mother used to say, <laughs> going a little bit off topic, but uh, my mother was funny. She used to say, and if you do drugs, tell them all the drugs that you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. But she was saying that because I mean, like if you, if you know, if you gotta be prescribed something and you are doing something else, they don't want to give you something that's going to make you sick. Yeah. So they need to know what you've been taking. That's why they ask yeah. you. Are you a drinker? Yes. I, and so I've never lied. Like I've never lied on a, on an intake. Yeah, no. How uh, often do you drink every day <laughs> of my life? <laughs> I can't y'all. y'all thinking I hope y'all don't think that I, I drink a lot, but I don't drink a lot. There's no judgment. This is a judge free zone. This is a judge free zone. But no, I hope people are comfortable talking to their doctor. I mean, I, and I especially, I think about Toby so often having two parents, like both anatomically female. Yes, I don't identify as female, but like there, I don't know a lot about the penis. I don't know a lot about male puberty. Like, right. you know, if you have a male doctor that can talk to you about shit, then that's fine. Go talk to him about whatever it is that you need to talk to him about, because I just don't know. Like, I don't have, that's like when, okay. So, you know, I've been a, I've been a single parent, like off and on most of my, uh, my parenting years. Right. So around the time when, um, so I was divorced by the time my uh I've been divorced twice y'all so I was divorced the first time right around the time my son my only son 
was getting potty trained, right? Mm-hmm. So he got potty trained. And I don't remember like what happened, but my girlfriend had a son who's about two years older than Roderick. And I know where this is going. I know where this is going. <laughs> and Ro- so Roderick was like three and a half and he watched the little boy was peeing standing up, right? <laughs> it was, and this light bulb came on. He was like... <laughs> You can pee standing <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> the nerve at three to like come for me. Like I didn't te- like Roderick. How can I? Sh- I can't show you how to do that. <laughs> so this is why I was like, see, that's why I take a village. Mm-hmm. Takes a to raise a child because I mean he would have never poor thing yeah would have sitting down till he was t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've let Toby like we've told Toby like <laughs> it's easier to teach them sitting down and he <laughs> learns sitting down because that's obviously what we know to do but in general <laughs> like what I've heard from other guys too like it is easier to teach them to just sit down. And at the same time, if we're around other people and he goes to the bathroom with like one of our guy friends and his kids, like he'll ask us, is he a sitter or is he a stander? Okay. He's a sitter. And then he'll be like, well, if I show him how to stand, is that okay? You want to show him how to stand and go pee? That's fine. <laughs> you teach him how to aim and you're like golden. That's the difference. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's too funny. But yeah, so. Yeah. Well, that was like the happiest day of his life. Also, the second happiest day of Roderick's life was when he realized that he could order Mac Doubles without pickles. <laughs> <laughs> he was like seven. He was like, whoa, his life changed. <laughs> He's not a pickle kid. He doesn't like pickles. No. no. And he That's was like, funny. it was so funny because he, he heard someone order. He's like, you can ask that. <laughs> and I'm like, Roderick. You don't like pickles? No, mommy. I didn't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, at Wendy's, when I ever since I was a kid, like I don't like mayonnaise or anything like that. I don't like any tomatoes on my or anything like that on my sandwich. So I'd always order a chicken sandwich at Wendy's and I would only ask for ketchup and pickles. And like literally, I just wanted number seven with just ketchup and pickles. And they would look at me <laughs> like I was crazy. I'm like, look, I'm a kid. Ketchup and pickles. That's all I want. <laughs> Alicia goes to Subway. You know what she puts on her Italian BMT? Just the meat. <laughs> Just the pepperoni and lettuce. Not the salami or the ham or anything like that. <laughs> Just pepperoni and lettuce. No condiments. It's just bread, pepperoni, and lettuce. It's the driest ass sandwich ever. <laughs> like, did you choke on the third bite? <laughs> Do you need some water? <laughs> And then they charge the same price, by the way. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, we can make this at home. We're going to have Subway. We're going to have Subway at La Casa. <laughs> like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. That just sounds dry. Like, what? She uses like white bread or something, or does she like use one of the grainy ones to make it extra dry? No. Plain, 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 plain. Yes. That's my picky ear. That's great. I love that. (laughs) Man, we went all over the place today. (laughs) 
<laughs> we did. <laughs> I don't even like where did we start and where did we end? Where are we going? I don't even know. We just went everywhere. We talked about potty training. <laughs> Oh, I love us. I love us us too. Because that was hilarious. I love it. I love it. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good week. We'll see you. Or well, you'll you'll hear from us in a week. In a week, every Tuesday, we drop. Peace. Pause. Time to hear from our sponsors. The Embracing Race podcast is sponsored by the Gen Out Youth Chorus. Gen Out is an outreach ensemble of the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington, D.C. Gen Out's mission is to give young LGBTQ plus and allied youth a voice to connect to the community. The ensemble is open to all singers between the ages of 13 and 18. For more information, contact www.gmcw.org. Isn't it our hope that we could come together as a society across the chasm of race and become the beloved community that Dr. King imagined? Interwoven Congregation's mission is to organize and support partnerships between faith communities with different racial compositions in order to foster racial justice and healing. For more information, visit interwovencongregations.org. HOD Records. It is not HOD, but it is HOD, no periods in between. HOD Records is a talent and artist development company that specializes in artistry development and contact creation. Serving the DMV and beyond, HOD creates a family-centered management style that promotes a collaborative spirit. Check out HOD Records on all social media platforms and visit hodrecords.media for more information. Thank you all to our sponsors. The Embracing Race podcast, hosted by elders Shawnee McElwain and Jesse Littlejohn, tackles all topics from pop culture to faith and the intersectionality of white supremacy and racism. Nothing is off limits, as we hope to educate and transform with radical love. For more information, visit us at embracingrace.online or on Instagram at embracing underscore race underscore podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you would like to submit a comment or question, please email embracingracepodcast at gmail.com.